0: Welcome back to SwitchCast Live. Thank you for joining us tonight. And we are very, very happy to have Tyler Sanders back in the house tonight. He's What's He's been yes. out sick for a couple Fantastic. weeks. Fantastic. SwitchCast is the podcast, the automotive-related podcast, where we are searching for the truth and the humor in the car industry. That's right. If it ain't true, it better be funny. And a new tagline since Tyler left us and returned is it's automotive withs, wisdom with a side of sarcasm or vice versa, depending on our snark level of of the week.
1: So much we- changes when you leave. My goodness, tagline is different now. I don't know what's going on. I know. Should I leave more often or no? No.
0: <laughs> no, you should not. You're an integral part of this, <laughs> says all of the... Feedback from can we, the pollsters. We'll, we'll cut this, but can we turn the music off that's in the showroom? <laughs> oh, <quick>? yes. You're going to get copyright stricken here. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so. Thank you. Okay. Uh, We've got a lot to cover tonight. We're very excited about this episode. As always, if you're watching live, feel free to throw in the comments and questions in. And uh, Ethan, our quote-unquote call screener, will uh, submit the best ones or the most valuable ones to us. And uh, we'll discuss them as we have time. If we run out of time during the regular recorded segment of the show, we will cover them in the bonus round of Tip Talk, our uh, live Q&A afterwards. So with that, let's get right to it. We're going to change things up a little bit because some of you come for a little bit and don't always watch the end. So we're going to change the order of some of our segments. And I wanted to start off with one of my favorites, which is the Shrewd Negotiator, which is brought to you sort of by Vin Wiki. And a Shrewd Negotiator is what many of you may experience a lot if you're on um, Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or generally trying to buy or sell a car anywhere. And it's people that are just trying – a little bit too hard to uh, to get what they want. So with that, Tyler, fire away.
1: Yes, so this comes to us from the Streetsboro, Ohio, buy, sell, trade. Uh, i I got to give credit to
0: a lovely Miss Mrs. Erin Tabbit as Ooh. well for the submission on this one. Is
1: she listening? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She has better <laughs> things to do. <laughs> Alrighty, so this is fantastic. Four parts, no title, and has oh. lean. Wow, oh, we're off to a great start. <laughs> uh, selling as a whole, which is normally how you sell cars, thankfully. Uh, 1,500 cash. So, not a ton of money, but I actually haven't told you what it is yet. Uh, I think I'll wait till the end to do that. So, car was involved in a shootout. Uh, okay. Motor ran perfect before it was stolen. <clears throat> <laughs> it's now in limbo in one Or the car was stolen. I think the car. <laughs> okay. Uh, Everything turns on, and I guess it's just in limp mode. Uh, The insurance company wouldn't pay it off. Because the guy didn't get Gap. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, The bank doesn't even want it back, but won't give up the title. This is why there's no title. I I feel like those two statements are mutually exclusive. (laughs) I think somebody's hiding something, I think. (laughs) The car itself. But the next line, please don't ask stupid questions. (laughs) (laughs) What? Come and get it. Motor alone is worth way more. What constitutes a stupid question in this scenario? <laughs> I have no idea. This is a 2018 Honda Accord. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. It's not a Nissan Altima? No.
0: I was thought you were setting me up for a Nissan Altima.
1: No, I mean this, this looks has to be like a scam because yeah. it's not a Nissan Altima. I My goodness. Some of these So for those of you listening, some of these photos like Airbag has gone off. Uh, there is uh, shmoo and colors that shouldn't be on seats, and it's been crashed, and there are bullet <laughs> holes in it, which is probably why the engine's in but, limp mode. I mean, it was involved in a
0: shootout. He was—he's a very forthright seller, <laughs> very honest. The insurance company wouldn't pay it off. Okay, let's let's break this down a little bit. Uh, th- whatever, it's fifteen hundred bucks. The guy's already sold it. Somebody came and got it. There's there's nobody hopefully watching this podcast that would get involved in a scenario like this, but there's still things to be learned here, right? The insurance company wouldn't pay it off likely because the value of the car was higher or I'm sorry, the value of the car was less than what they owed. So yeah, unless you have gap insurance, then they're only going to cover what the damages are or what the value of the car is. Um, the bank not wanting it back, but not giving up title—that's that something fishy. That, that doesn't happen there. Um, yeah.
1: Well, did somebody that actually bank's buy this? Going to have a write-off.
0: Yeah. It, at the time of printing this out or sending it to you, it was already pending. Wow. So I mean, uh, yeah, fifteen hundred dollar experiment. I guess you could part it out if you really wanted to. Right. Right. Well, that's uh, that's a good one. I don't think we're saving anyone from. Uh, buying a no-title-wrecked shootout <laughs> Honda Accord here tonight. But, uh, you know, if the bumper got crushed and then came back out, it would be an accordion.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, how I missed this. <laughs> Amazing how w- one week will do to you.
0: We're getting some head shakes <laughs> from the people. As Cabal we should. Right Good now. job, guys. <laughs> Hold them accountable. <laughs> yeah. <is mine. laughs> oh, man. Speaking of being missed, uh, again, we're doing things in reverse order. This is great. Um. Oh, my watch is six minutes behind. It's 7.59, apparently. Okay, well, good thing they're not a sponsor. Um, Tyler, people oh. have missed you as well. Uh-oh. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So for our wall of shame tonight, Uh-oh. which is <laughs> always evolving, but tonight it's, uh, 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 it's a mean tweet. A mean and tweet. usually it's about me. Is it about I'm me? Because I'm so
1: l- unlikable. <laughs> oh, no. Tyler, you got your first mean tweet. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm not drinking tonight either. I might need to change oh, that.
0: come on. <laughs> uh, it was on the warming up your car debate video. Oh, of course. And Tyler had to brag that he had a Porsche 996. Mm. And somebody responded, quote, how can...
1: <laughs> was I actually bragging? I didn't think I, I was. Don't know. People thought you were. no. pretension. You say anything about anything
0: you have on the internet and it's bragging. That's true. How can you have a Porsche 996 but can't afford a decent haircut? (laughs) Yikes. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. That's a low blow. It is a low blow. That's that's an ad
1: hominem. Oh.
0: It's true. They weren't debating on whether or not you should warm up your car. They're just like, your <laughs> yeah. hair sucks. I
1: thought I was about to get dragged for being stupid or something, but no, nope, it's just my haircuts. No, no that, that was, nothing was just to me. Do. Nothing to do with what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Just your hair.
0: I-, I thought of a few responses in your defense, though. One, maybe you can afford a Porsche because <laughs> you save money on haircuts.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I spent all that money on car maintenance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh maybe you can't afford a haircut cuz you're worried about the haircut you'll take when your IMS fails. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I'm actually amazed that you got this comment because like my wife cuts my hair at home and <laughs> it's yeah, like should I be
1: <laughs> more offended like I paid for this.
0: <laughs> if anyone wants to make fun of hair it's mine not Tyler's. Tyler's got it going on. But uh, anyway, that's we love we love our mean tweets it gives us an opportunity to laugh at ourselves. <laughs> so I, I, I can't time the commercials here because my watch is off. this is this is fantastic. Anyway, we wanted to talk about some uh, a little bit more high level scams in the automotive industry. We've covered individual scams of dealers and and cars that are not represented properly, but um, in the corporate world, I think, and in government, there's a lot of, you know really, really big money scams. And they're uh, perpetuated by people with giant finance degrees. And sometimes they're publicly traded companies. Um, But that doesn't mean there's not shadiness going on. So we want to unpack a couple of those tonight. Um, The first one is Vroom. Vroom. Some of you may have seen the news that Vroom shut down all retail buy-sell operations. Now, Vroom bought out uh, Texas Direct Auto uh, a number of years ago, I believe 2015, which was a high-volume, high-end car dealership down in the Dallas area. And they have a a business model similar to Carvana, which is online-only buying experience, but they did have one physical location in, in Texas, unlike Carvana, which is, you know, multiple physical locations. But many, many years of large losses, not unlike Carvana. And um, they, according to their press release, um, if, if they were pretty forthright about what was going on. They just posted on their website, we're, we're done today. Um, out of 100 or so employees, they laid off all but five. Uh, but there's some clues in their press release about what's going on. One, They said, we intended to raise additional capital to fund our operations and support the extension of our vehicle floor plan facility. A floor plan is a specific type of financing for dealer inventory beyond its current expiration date of March 31st, 2024. Despite significant efforts to do so, we ultimately were unable to raise the necessary capital in the current market. This tells me I, um... pretty much anything, everything I need to know. Which is, one, they were highly leveraged. Um, they had to pay off all their debt, like their current lenders were saying no more as of March thirty first, and they went shopping for more debt, and they couldn't get it. Uh, and it's you know no surprise given their financials, they were losing a lot of money. Uh, a couple articles I read were pretty terrible in terms of their um consumer complaints i think one of them said that there was 1900 active complaints against them for the better through the better business bureau and it was the same stuff as carvana it was like not delivering titles not paying off cars like really shady crap like basic level stuff if you're buying and selling a car you pay off the bank you deliver the title to the customer (laughs) like anything short is kind of like fraud um they also had had a, a multi-million dollar judgment against them from the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles uh, of, uh, for Texas for similar type things. So there was a lot, a lot of holes in their business. Yeesh. Yeah. Um, not as many holes as in that Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, so... They're continuing uh, their subsidiary companies, uh, United Auto Capital. Uh, United United Auto Auto Credit Corporation. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And Car Story, which is actually kind of like an AI-based service for car dealers to help them buy cars accurately, which literally, as I'm saying this... (laughs) I'm going, wait a minute, you guys couldn't make money on cars. (laughs) (laughs) But you're selling a service to other people using AI, saying, oh yeah, we can help you buy cars on the money and make money. Just the buzzwords. But you couldn't do it yourself. Uh, Anyway, so uh, yeah, so Vroom is is done and they're wholesaling off all their cars. I mean, they just shuttered overnight. Um, The irony of all of this is December 21st of 2023 Auto Finance News announced that Tom Short, Chief Executive Officer of Vroom, was one of its executives to watch in 2024 (laughs) He Watch him what? Crash and burn? (laughs) I don't know (laughs) A recognition, this is via Yahoo Finance, a recognition the publication has been making based on experience, leadership, vision, and ability to shake up the industry with an innovative, forward-thinking approach to auto finance. This recognition is a testament to the commitment of all our roommates and UACC colleagues to achieving the objectives of our long-term roadmap, said Tom
1: Short. Yeah. That's um, that didn't work out too well for them. <laughs> no, like really quickly too. Just poof. as soon as twenty twenty four started. We're yeah. Uh, since being appointed
0: to CEO of Room Short has realigned the company, invested in operational improvements across all parts of its business, and created a long term roadmap that prioritizes unit economics profitability and liquidity with growth plan for
1: 2024. They failed in all of those things. Well, and it's they're, also they're in writing that. that so, sorry, they go. just like took a dart and started throwing it at like business marketing words. Like, hmm, liquidity, like I don't know, I forgot the other ones already. But. Uh, profitability, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, oh, yeah. well, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say profitability. That one's a little important to running liquidity a business. Liquidity
0: usually follows profitability. <laughs> yeah. If you lose Step money, on. you're illiquid unless you just get more you know, sell more stocks and get more debt. But kind of like Carvana, they, huh? They, ah, yes. Yes. Oh, am I skipping ahead? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, maybe. Let's let's maybe. uh let's go to a commercial and then come back. Cause this this does this does have to do. But oh before I before we go to that, um, the stock price though, if you look at Vroom's stock price, it tells it all. They opened at I think forty three dollars a share. And for the last two years they've been at like fifty cents to a dollar. I mean they literally flatlined if you look at
1: the definition of flatlined, it's room stock. Yeah, over the past six months, they've lost 90% of their stock value. Right. It's well, now went for age. like 80 cents. To, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's,
0: it was still a flatline. This
1: is going to be the next thing. In six months, we're going to wish we put our life savings into this because it's going to be like 20 bucks a share. Could have been rich. I mean, history
0: <laughs> is based on how we missed with Carvana's stock price.
1: But there's a reason. There's a reason for my predictions. And SwitchCast is brought to you by BoxCast. BoxCast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched BoxCast back in 2013 with one purpose, and that is to make people a part of the experience. So if you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy, in fact, that we're broadcasting this show with a phone. So head on over to switchcars.com forward slash BoxCast for your free trial. All righty, it looks like we've got Hank the Corvette curmudgeon back in studio with us. How's it going, Hank? Good. Nice. I've been here. Where have you been? I, I've been here, too. Have we, have you, did you come to the open house today to kind of tool around and see what Doug's got? Nope. Uh, well, yes, I heard there was uh, there was free beer and sandwiches, so I did come for that. Oh, nice! See, maybe we need to start doing that uh, for you more often. We can uh, talk to Ethan about that. I would like that. <laughs> Ethan is not pleased. get some better coffee in here too. You know what, Hank? That is yeah, actually I haven't had the coffee here, but it's I'm all for better coffee.
0: It's that Man. fancy German machine thing. Oh, the just cherry? give me some
1: folders, oh, folders. Okay. Nah, that's just wood shavings, Hank. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. So I don't know if you saw, there's a pretty sweet uh, Corvette ZR1 out in the showroom today. It's like orange.
0: I did. I don't know if you saw. They hired me to do a commercial
1: on it. What? Yeah. When did this happen? I've Last missed so week. much. Oh, you ain't goodness. been here. Where you been? <laughs> Look, I've had to deal with some ailments. It's fine. I'm back today. Ailments? Yeah. What kind of ailments? I, I had I had the Rona for a little bit, you know? No. Oh.
0: No. Um, <laughs> i never get that you probably got the jab though didn't you that's no. why you keep getting
1: it <laughs> all right keep all right. getting it hank i haven't had it in four years <laughs> well i've never had it <laughs> consider yourself lucky it sucks um so how did you do first time in front of the camera did you have a good time no it was just fine yep they paid me good paid me cash too so margaret didn't know anything about it night <laughs> no, you can uh, use that to buy some car cleaning supplies or something she won't even know Uh, So we do actually have the question this week is from one of our audience members, Devin Ruckus on YouTube. I got a question for you. For me? Yeah. Okay. You drive a Volvo wagon, right? I do. Yeah. Real proud of it. What year
0: is that (laughs) Volvo wagon? It's uh, 2010. 2010? Yeah. Did you know that Volvo was bought by a Chinese company as of 2009? 2009? 2009. So you are driving a commie wagon. (laughs) You are contributing to the downfall of America. Did, no, well, actually, you Hank, should hold on. support American owned <laughs> companies that provide jobs to hardworking Americans. My Hank. Corvette was built in Bowling Green, Kentucky, providing good jobs to union working, hardworking Americans. Hank. China is destroying the environment. They're spying on us, and they're responsible for that pandemic that gave you that sickness you
1: had. <laughs> and you're supporting Hank. them and giving them money. So my car is actually mostly a Ford Focus. Well, they, that's but, another problem. <laughs> but that's an American company. I have looked under the seats and like, you know, the vents that bring warm air to your feet in the back. It says FOMOCO on it. Like it's a Ford part. So I'm driving. I'm practically driving an American this car. This is why
0: I don't have a Ford. <laughs> You're
1: all in this together. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Let's get to Devin Ruckus. I lost a lot on. of respect for you tonight. Tyler. You had respect for me? I thought with my skinny pants and my weird sweater, sometimes you just really weren't about this and you put up with me because Doug told you to, but that's unfortunate. I put up
0: with it because I'm being paid to be here.
1: <laughs> uh, Ethan, we should talk about that later. Um, anyway, so Devin Ruckus got into our YouTube chat before the stream even started tonight and said, what's the story with the indie car Hank was using as a table in the recent Corvette video? Were you using something as a table?
0: I don't know what he's talking about. Do you I do like even? indie racing, though. I like all racing with left turns. <laughs> was that old
1: uh, Ferrari uh, movie prop car here when you were doing that?
0: Oh, that wasn't an indie car. That's them fancy uh, Formula One stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. exactly.
1: The rich people racing. <laughs> righty. well, it was good to talk to you again this week, Hank. We'll uh, yeah, stay I don't safe know about that. <laughs> uh we'll t- call we'll, me wagon we'll, uh, we'll please don't key my car on the way out we'll, we'll talk to you next week <laughs> that was hank everybody the corvette Carmudgeon, brought to you unwittingly by the corvette buy sell trade group on facebook that is your source for cranky boomers overpriced corvettes and reinforced stereotypes boy hank really just drugged me there that was yeah, a that lot
0: was rough that was i'll get him next you should week, have don't seen you what he
1: did to tim neely <laughs> 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 tim didn't know good. what was coming <laughs> uh, Tim looked I've, nervous the whole time
0: I, I have a, a sheet in front of me that proves I, I have told people that I the Corvette curmudgeon is my inner spirit animal. Uh-huh. I found a sheet from high school. <laughs> oh no. A fact sheet, a printout sheet of my car for car shows. <laughs> what? That
1: proves what car was it? Was it your Crown Vic?
0: <laughs> no. I'll read it. This is <laughs> this is how proud I was of my car. In 1994, the Taurus SHO was the fastest accelerating car Ford made, excluding the aftermarket Cobra is what I called it at the time. Please t- oh did you boy. actually put the quotes on the... No, I didn't. Okay. I'm putting on them now to save my car guy <laughs> reputation because it's definitely not aftermarket. <laughs> oh, gosh. In 1989, the year the Taurus show came out, it was the fastest sports sedan in the world until the Vauxhall Lotus Carlton was produced i really want a lotus carlton (laughs) by the way that was a heck of a car i think you still really want one right next bullet point (laughs) there's at least 27 sho clubs in the u.s there are more than 30 web pages dedicated to shos (laughs) which in uh whenever i printed this out like 2002 that was a lot of websites that was when angel fire was still a thing The 1994 manual transmission SHO will do 0 to 60 in 6.6 seconds and quarter mile in 15.2. It has a top speed of 144 miles an hour. Only about 2,500 five-speed manual SHOs were produced in 1994. Oh, please tell me you get down to yours being special. This is SHOs a one of 50. had an 11-year run with seven to 8,000 produced annually, accounting for less than 2% of all tourists. Oh, The percentage. Yeah. Yeah. And that went into the history of how the SHO came about, which is actually kind of interesting. That really was a cool car. So the idea, according to me in high school, uh, we'll fact check this later. The idea came from the custom-built Ford LTDs in the Bob Bondurant Racing School, and then Ford asked Yamaha to build the engine for the Taurus. They agreed, and the Taurus goes down in history as the only production car ever to have a Yamaha motor in it. Now, there are other cars with Yamaha-engineered motors, but not, like, fully built ones. Uh, Bah, 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 bah. Ford made styling changes, built a custom five-speed gearbox, stiffer suspension, front and rear sway bars, custom eight-way sport. Bucket seats. Uh hoya. Oh yeah. yeah. Lots of th- it have it, of course, has all the amenities, like eight and a half millimeter high-energy <laughs> racing wires and double platinum <laughs> plugs. I'm sorry, racing wires? What? <laughs> Which makes tune-ups cost almost as much as a Ferrari. That part actually was <laughs> true. That thing was so stupidly expensive to maintain. And then I made a list of all the actual sports cars that it could beat in the quarter mile oh yeah yeah yikes yeah i was really really proud of my sho but somehow i still lost in the local car show to a pontiac grand am that had like velvet in the back seat and roses and stuff and it was like a roses yeah it, it was a it, it was a it was a party back seat ah ooh, and i see he had chrome wheels and he, it was the grand dam. It was like the black one with like the, the checkered flag. There's some special edition or something, like a indie paste oh, car edition yeah. or whatever. But yeah, like literally, I remember he had the back door open and he had red velvet over the rear seat and like flowers and stuff. Like, gee, I wonder what this is for. And I had my
1: info sheet about how special SHOs <laughs> were. And Listen he got a trophy because he had velvet. Did he have blanket like a, a poster board seat. out in front of his no. car? No,
0: <laughs> he had a velvet blanket in the back seat. He was going for a different demographic. Yeesh. Ah, oh, anyway. So back to high-level multi-million-dollar scams. Um, Carvana. On an unrelated note, <laughs> uh, we've we've harped on Carvana a lot, a lot. And I am not trying to beat a dead horse. But I was going through their third quarter financials uh, the other day, the other week, uh, because their press release was bragging about themselves quite a bit. And they said that they posted a $741 million profit. And this is relevant for people who haven't been listening to us because we essentially predicted the downfall of Carvana and said they, they're never going to make it because they've never made a profit. You can only go so long building up debt and servicing debt before you like have to fold and just look at what happened to vroom last week but after we said that their stock went up a thousand percent last year so yeah just do whatever the opposite of what we say but i'm still holding to the fact that carvana's financials are fundamentally flawed and here's why so in their press release they talked about how they said they had a 742 million dollar net profit in third quarter of 2023 that is massive (laughs) That's almost a billion-dollar profit in one quarter. And they're bragging that if uh, the fourth quarter goes according to their projections – I can't speak tonight – that it'll be the third quarter in a row that they have a positive EBITDA, which EBITA is earnings before interest, depreciation, taxes, and amortization, right? So on paper, the third consecutive quarter of profit. But there's a few holes here. Their gross profit for the third quarter was less than their net profit. Explain. Right. How does that happen? Exactly. <laughs> That's how their how numbers work. Their EBITDA was less than their net profit. So I'm like, wait a minute. That that doesn't work because EBITDA is before you. Add expenses in. So, like for the second quarter of 2023, their EBITDA was 155 million dollar profit. Their actual net income was a negative 105 million dollars. So there was a 250 million dollar difference. Um, and ironically. So this is funny. Their EBITDA was $155 million. Their interest expense for that quarter was $155 million. So it seems a little convenient. You can say, oh, yeah, we had a positive EBITDA. But interest is a very real expense. You don't get to not count it. You still have to pay it. You can put it on paper and say, oh, look, we made a profit according to EBITDA. But like that's like a Turo driver saying, yeah, I made money this week, this month, because... I took in more than I paid in gas but I didn't account for the depreciation and the wear on the car and the tires that will eventually have to replace right like to, those costs are real costs even if you don't outlay like cash for them so that's why I don't feel like EBITDA is, is is accurate like you can't stand on a EBITDA and say yeah we had a positive EBITDA so we're making money no you're well, losing freaking money
1: and I didn't look the I didn't look up what EBITDA was before you know, doing the podcast, because I wanted to ask you and, and, and talk about it. But that seems like such a nothing number. It's like, hey, here's our profit before we account for all the things that are going to destroy our profit. Like, it's such a dumb number that just helps people feel good about themselves.
0: Well, th- the reason that it is is important is because it's looking at operating profit and loss, right? So in fairness to them, if you look at their um, gross profit per unit <clears throat> over the last few years, a lot of the changes they've made have significantly... In- Increase their gross profit per unit. So in 2019 20, they were at like $2,500 gross profit per unit and they were losing money insanely fast. They've gotten their gross profit per unit up to like five to $6,000, which is really, really impressive. And Ooh. like you look at Vroom, they were going the other direction. So that's important because they've made the necessary changes to actually make money on cars. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Kind of what the be whole in business car is. Business. About. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think it's too little too late because they subscribe to the growth at all costs model and they took on so much debt in order to get where they needed to be that now they like that debt is going to sink them whether or not they can post an actual operating profit. Um, but let's talk about third quarter because this is important because this is, as far as I know, the first quarter that they have ever. Ever posted a net profit on their financials over 13 years now, I think. But the problem is their net profit is more than their gross profit. How does that happen? Well, there's a line item here gain on debt extinguishment for $878 million. Seems important. That's a big number. That's a big number. That's like essentially exactly the difference between all of their expenses because they had 153 million dollar interest expense but when you you know basically subtract the gross profit, you subtract that out of the gross profit and all the other things you're like I think I came with like a 16 million dollar difference so their financials changed 16 million dollars from second quarter to third quarter, which is a very very minute improvement. Given all that they're trying to do, and it doesn't—it's a drop in the bucket when you have a hundred fifty million dollar quarterly debt payment,
1: interest payment, interest only. Yeah. So what? Uh, what is that debt extinguishment? So
0: remember when I talked about how they had a, essentially a voluntary bankruptcy? Ooh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So that was it. So I don't know the ins and outs. This is where it goes to like people with financial degrees. But I had a, a guy who does M A's help me out with this and explain it to me because I recognize where my expertise ends and it's pretty much right in front of my face. It's, it's very short rope, um, and and I consult experts and um, it, it, it's essentially if if they're writing off debt or they they renegotiate a debt. I shouldn't say writing it off. They renegotiate a debt with a lender and it's either reducing the overall debt in exchange for equity, which the lenders think like, oh, well, this equity will grow. So it's valued at zero at the time of the transaction, but it'll grow. And so in effect, we'll get the money back or it's kicking the debt down the road or reducing it in exchange for a higher interest rate. But basically it's kicking the can down the road. So they counted that $878 million debt restructuring, voluntary bankruptcy, as I call it, as income. And that's why they have a $741 million quote unquote net income. But if you subtract 878 from 741, you're about at a negative 100 something. So they haven't improved from second quarter and they're still losing money hand over fist and they still have like 5 or 6 billion dollars of debt to service at 150
1: million dollars in interest yeah. a quarter i was curious to see if good this good luck with that uh <clears throat> press release did anything because it sounds very rosy but their stock has been declining since its peak on december 19th of 2023
0: yeah it's down so, about 10% yeah <clears throat> so uh anyway, I am no financial expert, but I see I see when things are glaringly obvious and I feel like this is glaringly obvious. And even my M&A guy said that's you shouldn't put gain on debt extinguishment there. It shouldn't count against your gross profit. Like that should be somewhere else on the balance sheet. <laughs> yeah. Not right there. So the way they're reporting it is deceptive ah, it's And they're like funny It's business. a giant publicly traded company And like They're playing games with their financial reports So I'm really really curious I refresh like everyday I'm like I want Q4 numbers <laughs> I want Q4 numbers Where are they at? Did they lose another hundred million dollars?
1: And SwitchCast is brought to you by Celebrity Machines. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates as they've appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit celebritymachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout.
0: I'm going to do a quick news story that I think is interesting. This almost made Flop of the Week, but it didn't. It's just cool. And then we're going to go to the question of the week. Yes. And then if we have some questions that are worthwhile, we'll, we'll get them in the, the main segment here. Uh, this I love this article at the start. Title from the San Francisco Standard California's DMVs lets drivers use sticker like license plates. Uh, all you car people, you hate putting license plates on the front of your car, right? Because you got to drill holes. And uh, uh, June Mendoza, a car enthusiast and Southern California entrepreneur, came up with this idea based on that you know, dislike of drilling holes in the front bumper and just putting a plate in general. It it disrupts the aesthetics of the front of your car. Um, And in California, not having a front plate is illegal. And the infraction is $197 fine. Mendoza came up with a business idea. And he said, well, he has a, a graphic design business. Why don't we put sticker plates on the front of our cars? Now, a friend of mine has been doing this for, I don't know, a couple decades. And he just bought a sticker and Stuck it on the front of his car. Well, he applied for a patent, which is, I don't know why you need a patent for a sticker. (laughs) Based on a state's license plate design? Weird. Uh, I guess so. Uh, So he brought the idea to California DMV. Um, (laughs) This is the DMV for you. The agency had launched a pilot program for quote unquote digital license plates. Screens that display a license plate number and allow motorists
1: to automatically renew their registration. So I'm not going to try to get on an old like old man curmudgeon rant that seems so unnecessary. Why are we going to put expensive screens on our cars for license plates instead of just buying registration stickers? We don't some problems we don't need to use technology to solve. Um, They agreed to incorporate the vinyl front license
0: plates into the pilot. So the program launched in 2015, but didn't begin in earnest until new legislation was passed in 2022. As of December 1st of 23. 8,000 approximately vehicles are participating in the program. And they're gathering input regarding the development of proposed regulations governing the use of alternatives to license plates. Oh, my gosh. It's a sticker. Okay. Right. Um, A vinyl sticker license plate. If you were to just order one online,
1: what do you think it costs? Oh, probably five bucks, ten bucks. Yeah, sure. Nothing nothing like that. I get metal
0: plates made through um, for for the dealership. Granted, that's in bulk, but it's like five bucks a piece. Um, You could order a custom metal plate for 20, 25 bucks. Sticker. We're talking a sticker. Maybe four or five bucks. Not a lot. Guess how much these vinyl plates cost in California? Uh, Yeah.
1: Uh, they're gonna overcharge a little bit. So like I don't Not know. Not including the actual license plate registration fee. Oh, this is just for the sticker? Just for the sticker. Oh, uh, they're probably gonna be obscene and overcharge 50, 60 bucks. $131.60. What?
0: And it takes four to five weeks to fulfill. <laughs> this is government for you. <laughs> this is government amazing. for you. This guy, I give him credit, he has this is why I hate government contracts, right? It is I have a lot of clients that are government contractors, and they make money hand over fist, and that's the problem. Oh, my goodness. Is they get these big, fat contracts, and it's like, dude, California should just be like, yep, you can have a sticker. It just has to conform to these regulations. You can order it whenever, wherever you want. Here's our 20 authorized places to do it, and it's 5 bucks a plate. Come on, $131. Mendoza is... <laughs> That's over a million
1: bucks in total.
0: (laughs) Mendoza is actively pitching all of the states in the union to embrace vinyl license plates. I wonder why. I wonder why. (laughs) He has like a 10,000% profit margin.
1: Yeah, I just he's, calculated the 7,866 cars at 131 bucks a pop is just a, over a million bucks.
0: He's now giving car dealerships posters to market his product. Everybody loves it, he says. They just <laughs> love the whole thing, that it's out there and that there's an alternative. Yeah, the alternative is Ohio, which just did away with the whole yeah. thing. Thank you, Ohio. Yikes. Oh, my gosh. 131 $131. I When I first read that, I'm like, this is a non-story. This, this is I, nothing. Like, oh, cool. They did vinyl license plate fronts. We, we just do that on our own.
1: We just print out our own stickers. I love this uh, little excerpt from that article. So it says, California is the first state to try them out, and polls on online forums indicate Tesla owners seem happy to spend the extra to keep their Model X SUVs pristine, much more than the $25 for traditional plates. Wait, what? <laughs> I guess traditional plates, just 25 bucks, which that seems reasonable, but they're paying over a hundred bucks more to put a sticker on the front of their Tesla.
0: This is the people when, when conservatives are being conservatives, it's not because they're, it's, it's just because they don't trust the government to get anything right because of things like this. $131 for a sticker for your front plate. <sighs> Congratulations to June Mendoza. I'm happy that you were making gobs of money off of this, but uh, (sighs) question of the week, please.
1: Alrighty. Question of the week is brought to you by nuts for sticks. Nuts for Sticks is a brand celebrating the manual transmission in all its forms. So forget the flappy paddles. We like shifting ourselves. Check out our fun and funny stick-themed shirts at nutsforsticks.com and save 10% on your order using the discount code SWITCHCAST. That is nutsforsticks.com and code SWITCHCAST. Side note on that, we have restocked.
0: The Keep Your Woman But Switch Cars shirt, which I'm wearing tonight. The ever-popular one. We've sold out of these twice. We have them back in stock in almost all sizes. And we also have our new Switch Cars logo T-shirt. So head over to nutsforsticks.com. We have everything back now. Stock up.
1: Heck yeah. All right, question of the week comes from SwitchCast.live, which for those of you that don't know is your hub for all things SwitchCast, and we love to prioritize questions from there. So if you miss an episode of the podcast, curious what's going on, head to SwitchCast.live. You'll get all that juicy information there for you. Uh, Danny Schreiber commented recently uh, and said, Doug, I've been a truck guy. I need you to talk me into a C5 or C6 Corvette as a daily, and why? Requesting Doug and not the curmudgeon. Thanks for the amazing show. (laughs) sorry for the disappointment Hank already left (laughs) well
0: Hank would say you can't daily a Corvette anyway
1: oh yeah you (laughs) should only
0: drive it to car shows low mileage uh there's so many reasons so many reasons I've had I've had one as a daily and then I got other cars so I've I've, I'm on my second c5 but I've had one that I put 30,000 miles on in a couple years it's a fantastic daily um did Not you, awesome in, in the winter, I, I will say that. The lack of just general insulation on the car, like you park it on a 30-degree day and go into the store and you come back out and the car is 30 degrees <laughs> inside, even if it was 80 before you got out. Um, but other than that, they're they're fantastic. One, it's an LS1 that just never breaks. Nothing on the car ever breaks. You can drive it cheap, you can drive it easy, You can maintain it yourself if you have a modicum of understanding of mechanical stuff, um, which according to the internet, I don't, (laughs) (laughs) based on my opinions of stuff. Um, uh, They get like 30 miles to the gallon on the highway. Uh, The hatchback has tons of trunk space. You can put golf clubs, groceries, whatever you want in there, enough luggage for... um, you know, a, a two-year trip for a guy or a two-day trip for a female. Um, they're great to drive. They're inexpensive. They've taken all their depreciation. I mean, like, there's so many reasons that it's a great daily driver.
1: So many. Hey, I'm sure yeah. you could even uh, put some winter tires on it, and it would be serviceable in the winter time. It would be fine. I wouldn't do it. I'm game for a lot of things in the winter. That's not the car <laughs> I would pick.
0: But it's it's not even because it's rear-wheel drive and front engine, so like you don't have a massive weight over the drive wheels. Um it's more the issue of like you have frameless doors and not great ceiling at the top. Yeah. And it just like it's not insulated the way German cars are, and it gets cold so quickly after you if you're not running the heat and there's just, so. you
1: know, I used to drive, uh, mine more when it was just cold and there was no salt on the road. Cause I was like, well, I'll just drive it. The salt's the only thing I really care about destroying it. Um, but it kind of sucks to climb into a freezing cold car at the end of a work day with like dress pants on and just be frozen to your core. Yeah. And then it like barely warms up on the way home. So you don't actually get warm. And it's like, I miss my heated seats. I miss the better insulation. <laughs> I, and I don't think the C5 has heated
0: seats as an option. Ooh, so that's a – I mean, well, you can get them on eBay or whatever. That's, well, that's actually an easy install. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's a good question, though. But, yeah, it, do it. Let's totally do it. <laughs> um, do we have any
1: uh, imminent questions, or can we go to the appraiser? Um, I think we're running a little low on – time ish. So we can go to the appraiser. And then those of you who are in YouTube chat, we've been keeping an eye on questions and stuff as usual. So we'll get to those in the uh, tip talk. All right. So this is a we've got a few things to cover on the appraiser. And this is it's been a while since
0: we've done this segment. And again, I've changed it at my whim. Um, We're covering some auction stuff this week. Um, As some of you may know, Barrett Jackson it's the brand, but Scottsdale auction, Scottsdale car week happened last week. Uh, so you have not only Barrett Jackson, but some of the smaller auctions as well. And you have thousands and thousands of collector cars, changing hands, many of them on TV or live stream. Uh, it's, it's probably the biggest, uh, automotive auction week in, in the world. It, not probably, it absolutely is. Um, but I want to talk about three auctions in particular, uh, and, and not all from that, uh, that week, uh, just, just to kind of highlight some, some lessons to learn. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is not from Car Week uh, from Arizona, but it is from Bring a Trailer. And this was a, another shill bidding example submitted Uh-oh. by Michael, Michael C. on Instagram, Okay, I'm not going to butcher his last name. This was a 1994 Toyota Land Cruiser FJZ80, and it was for sale by a dealer. And uh, there were some a lot of questions that were kind of going unanswered, and kind of the usual like dealer lingo and dealer speak, where he really wasn't answering questions, just stating how amazing the car was. But that aside, there was a there was a cardinal sin, sin committed. He was shill bidding. He was using a second account to bid, but he forgot to log out of that second (laughs) account before answering a question
1: that somebody asked. Nice. Yep. Oh, amazing. Oh, so good. Listen, if you're going to cheat, like in racing,
0: be good at it. Yeah. Goodness. be good at it use a vpn or whatever like you know different ip addresses or like i i don't know this because i do this i'm just like I've it's like almost common sense though right right yeah if you're gonna try to be a criminal think like a criminal <laughs> <sighs> uh bat in their defense uh did restrict slash ban both accounts i mean bat does not condone shill bidding or whatever they're very much against it um and, you know, the commenters caught it super quickly, but it was, uh, come on, people. Be, be better at being bad. Seriously. Uh, number two, a Diablo SE30 on PCAR Market. <sighs> uh, beautiful, beautiful car, which I actually wanted. And this is why I found out this, this information. But the, the seller, another not great seller on, on online auctions list. If you're going to sell on online auctions, you have to be ready to deal with anything. And you have to do it professionally and jovially and all that stuff. But <clears throat> there's a defensive... Very defensive seller. Um, And in, in fairness to them, they had posted tons and tons of historical documents on the car, tons of service records, original build sheets, period photos, et cetera, et cetera. But all those things did, and I'll tell you why, they gave a false sense of security, right? Because they said, we have all this stuff. This is the complete record of the car since new. But they withheld one receipt. Uh-oh. One receipt. Now, I want to be careful here with my allegations. They may not have had the receipt. Put that out there. But,
1: but it th- was missing.
0: But it was missing. We, we think they might have. Um, I was interested in bidding on the car. I texted a contact of mine in Germany who helped me find my Lamborghini, and he knows all about the cars over there. And if he doesn't know, he knows the people that do. And he said, oh yeah, I know that car really well. And that car had an accident fr- front right area and the entire car has been repainted. Oh. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to bid. I'm not going to be the the narc. I'm not going to be the auction police, but I'm just, I'm out. I'm not going to bid anymore. Well, somebody else said, hey, can you, do you have pictures of the accident? And the seller was very defensive and he, he commented, get yourself informed before asking dumb questions Whoa. to this person. And he used get yourself informed to somebody else as well. And I was like, all right, well, now it's already started. <laughs> I'm just going to turn it up a notch. So I was like, all right, well, here's what I know about the car. And, of course, they're like, wow, you, unless you have proof, you shouldn't be saying those things. And I'm like, listen. It's an open comment form. This is what we love about bringing Trailer and Peak Car Market and all these auctions. It's open comments. I can say whatever the heck I want. You can either take it as truth or say, you're just commenting because you can comment. You can flag my comment, whatever. But the uh, the seller is being super defensive. But they never posted paint meter readings. They never actually addressed it. They just said, you have you have no... No corroboration to your comment. You're just saying things. Hmm. Well, I got myself informed, which is what the seller wanted. (laughs) And after the auction closed, someone posted that they had the actual receipts of the accident repair. So I was like, all right, I'm vindicated. So just the lesson there is just because you have a car with complete service history or what you think is complete, it doesn't mean that that's everything. All you have to do is pull one receipt out of that giant file of an odometer being replaced, or something being painted, or whatever, and it's like, oh, this is a great car. No, it's not. There's this one receipt missing. And I've seen it before. It happens. Um, Happens a lot. Yeah. Um, Third example here. Diablo, another Lamborghini. Diablo Roadster at Barrett-Jackson from Arizona Car Week. It once belonged to former president Donald J. Trump. Is it J? Donald Trump. Uh, I think so. Sold for $1
1: million. Whoa. Spicy. Yes. It is a really good color, though. Yes. Blue Lama. It was um, <laughs>
0: the only Diablo roadster for the U.S. in Blue Lama. Uh, apparently, there was three Diablos produced in that color, uh, courtesy of um, we are curated for that information. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not calling BS on that sale, but it is double what any other Roadster has sold for. And, the, and I watched the video of it actually selling, and the bidding went quite quickly, and it hammered really quickly once it got to a million. So again, I'm not alleging that the transaction wasn't real, but Barrett Jackson is majority owned by IMG. Which is a media and entertainment company. And I would bet, and I tried to research this, and I was unable to find this, but I would bet that they make as much or more on the media rights as they do on selling cars. Barrett Jackson is an entertainment machine, and it's brilliant. It's a brilliant business model. But let's just let's keep this in mind when we're watching these transactions happen <clears throat> that you know it it goes back to like reality tv is scripted right the, there are actual transactions there are real buyers and sellers but it's just handy it's a convenient number when you have donald trump lamborghini diablo 1 million dollars it's a great headline and there's a lot of publicity they're getting a lot of attention from that sale and 1 million dollars is a lot more interesting than 800,000 yeah it's a quick it's a grabby headline So, whatever.
1: Auctions are auctions. Things happen. Yeah, we've seen some weird stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot of money for a Diablo. It is a lot of money for
0: Diablo. But they're in, you know, they're in the South. They're in a, well, it's not a red state anymore, but, (laughs) you know. They're there with a lot of uh, there are a lot of a lot of hanks at that auction with a lot of money and a million dollars is chump change. So maybe just somebody wanted the attention of paying a million dollars for Trump's Diablo because yeah. I, I mean there's so many rare cars out there that people are buying stories now because there's thousands and thousands of million dollar cars. So if you're having your guy your buddies over for drinks at your man cave barn dominium and you want a better story than the next guy. What do you do? I bought Trump's Diablo.
1: And you, then you can open the door and show them the little plaque that says Donald Trump's 1997, whatever. It doesn't say that. There's like some plaque in yes. it somewhere. Yep. And while you're all sipping on your brandy and smoking cigars.
0: Yeah. That's, that's why people do it. All right. Well, on that note, it's time for the props and flops. We've got a few minutes left, and then we will go into bonus round of live Q&A for Tip
1: Talk. The props and flops are brought to you by SwitchCars, and SwitchCars is the enthusiasts' dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. Check out our handpicked inventory at switchcars.com. And Doug, what is our pick of the week from SwitchCars inventory?
0: Uh, it is a car that is not online yet, but it will be soon. By the time the audio podcast comes out. It's a 2006 Porsche 911 Carrera 2S, and it's finished in midnight blue metallic over sea blue leather interior with the factory sport Ah. seats and carbon interior. Really, really nice spec, a departure from the standard black, silver, gray, whatever. So if you're looking for a different 997, this is a very, very pleasant color combo. I'm a little bit biased about midnight blue metallic. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, Flop of the Week comes to us. It's an article from (laughs) 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 the-sun.com. It's about a Ferrari collector. This was in uh, Cavallino, which is a big Ferrari-only show down in West Palm Beach. It's about Ferrari collector Tommy... I can't do these Italian last names. Cabrerozo. Tommy has a 599 XX and he would love nothing more than taking his incredible Ferrari out for a drive. But the collector inside him is yelling at him to think about the future. Barf. Yeah. He says valuations of Ferraris have gone through the roof in the last few years, meaning his pristine 599 XX is now worth 3 million and counting quote. It's painful to keep it in the garage But at the same time, it's kind of cool.
1: Is it? I don't think so. Yeah. Ethan definitely doesn't think so. Ethan is shaking his head over there with his luscious locks. I bet somebody likes his haircut. Tommy moves
0: the cars, which never see the light of day, backwards and forwards in the showroom, makes sure they are full of race fuel, and turns the ignition over a few times a week. What There's so much debate on our highlight about whether or not you should warm up your car. What's worse than idling your car for a little bit and then actually driving it? Idling a lot and not driving it. This is so bad for these cars. Turn (laughs) them on. Turn them off. Tommy operates within a network of Ferrari enthusiasts and businessmen who tip the wink when something special becomes available. Listen, I get it. We frequently give the nod and the prop to people who put a lot of miles on their cars. But I understand the sentiment for people who see these as as pieces of art. And I recognize that other people enjoy their cars differently. And there are people that derive enjoyment out of looking at their cars and collecting really, really pristine examples. I understand that and I can appreciate it. But when you say, it is painful for me not to drive the car, but I'm not driving it because it will go up in value because I'm not driving it, you're out.
1: Yeah, like just sell this one and get one that has any miles on it.
0: Just stop.
1: It's what sucks even so more dumb. is at the end of the article, there's a quote from this, this gentleman that says, these cars nowadays with all the traction control or hybrid component, I just think it takes the fun out of the actual driving. When you have to manhandle a car to get it moving, that's really awesome. In an article about not, not driving, driving, driving your stuff, car. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm a, I'm a real car guy. I oh, promise. he
0: read it in a magazine. He knows what it's supposed to do if yeah. he drives it, which he never does. Sorry, people. This, this is what's wrong with the car world now. It's people not driving their cars on purpose because they'll go up in value. (sighs) Tyler, can you give me a prop of the week? Because I'm so. (laughs) Do I have a prop of the week? (laughs) I told you to find one. I'm sorry. I was in super cynical mode this week and I only found things to make fun of. Um, Yeah. Uh, (sighs) Yeah. Look, I showed up. That's about the only prop that I got. The prop of the week is Tyler for showing (laughs) up after after (laughs) two weeks of of sickness. (laughs) Despite what Hank said, he is here. Uh, That's why I've done so much talking this week. We really like Tyler's voice better than mine, but uh, Mm -hmm. he's here. He's back. We told him we needed him. Uh, That's right. I I do have to give – I don't want to make this as a humble brag. Mm -hmm. This prop is for Ethan, and he's been prop of the week before. But – our Instagram reached 50,000 followers this week. That's all you. Th- no. No, it's not. I I can't stand it when people post screenshots of, hey, look at our followers. Thank you to our followers and post it on their, their social media. I've never done that, and I won't do it. But Ethan has done a great job of managing our digital media and our TikTok and our Instagram and YouTube and all that, and now our website, and he has done something that I couldn't do to get our exposure to another level. So really it is a testament to his management of what we're doing here. So heck yeah. That's very kind. Thank Thank you. you, I appreciate that. Uh, with that again, we will, if you're watching live, stick around for bonus Q and a, you can interact with us live. Uh, maybe good, maybe not, but, uh, who cares? It's not recorded. Um, <laughs> on that note, thank you to our sponsors, BoxCast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, Parallel Printworks, and Stephen Home Woodworking. Thank you to our producer, Ethan Huffnagel and our Ed McMahon, Tyler Sanders. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Monday in audio format, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life. <laughs> Who put an office phone next to
1: our studio? <laughs> you have a landline? <laughs> I know you're a business owner, but you my goodness.
0: Landline? Wait, take it. Who is yeah, it? Let's, yeah, yeah let's go. It. Let's take talk you. to him. Switch cars. Uh, yeah, man, I was
1: calling about a uh, car y'all had on Auto Trader.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah, the 2009 uh, VR1.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. We have a deposit on that one.
1: Ah, shit. When did y'all list it, man?
0: <laughs> uh, about a week ago.
1: Oh, uh, it's been on there that long?
0: It has, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well,
1: we I actually... kept missing it, man. I've been looking for that car for
0: years. Oh, ah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we actually got an offer for five K over asking today, but we've already got a deposit on it, so we gotta hold it for that guy.
1: And you got it today, huh?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yes. How do you mind me asking what it went for?
0: Uh for eighty grand, yep.
1: Eighty? Yep. Well I tell you what, I'll give you eighty five if you'll if he backs out.
0: Uh, I, I, we've got a standing offer for 85 if he backs out, but you know it's it's uh, you know it's putting my ethics to the test here because we got a deposit on it for 80. so we're holding it for that guy and, and if he comes through, he comes through but uh, you'd be second in line at 85 if, if he doesn't come through so Okay.
1: Well uh, all right well
0: sounds good man. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you for if this uh, guy that has a deposit on it doesn't come through. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. You have a great night. All right. You too. All right. Bye.
1: What a way to end a podcast.
0: (laughs) Uh, Doug Tabbitt, everybody.